630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Drysaddle again. Shoots and scores. There's 50 from the right circle. Harris, he'll throw. He's got a man wide open. Touchdown, Eskimos. Kenny Stafford to the end zone. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Well, for the next hour, I'm going to be the safest man in Edmonton because two members of the Edmonton Eskimos offensive line joining me in studio. We will get to them and to their stories right away. I want to have uh, a g- issue a big thanks to Mark Spector, all the volunteers and organizers for the Mark Spector Golf Classic, everybody at the Quarry for an incredible day today, all to benefit Sports Central, of course, sportscentral.org to find out how to donate, whether you want to chip in some cash or some gently used sports equipment to help out uh, kids in Edmonton in northern Alberta. It is uh, a great charity, a great organization, and this was a wonderful tournament today, which we'll uh, talk about in more detail a little bit later on in the show. Oilers head coach Dave Tippett was there, and he is becoming an ambassador for Sports Central. You know, and talking to Mark early on when I uh, uh, became the coach of the Oilers, he talked about the history with the with the charity. Um, Hitch and obviously Todd, I know them both very well. I went over and uh, toured Sports Central. Really an amazing complex. I mean, it's it's really special what they're doing. Uh, not just for hockey, but for all sports. But I love the fact that I'm a Western Canada guy that probably didn't have a new pair of skates till I was 13 or 14 years old. And the ability to have give kids options to play is is great for our game. So uh, uh, just thought it was great charity and willing to jump in and help. All right, and you will hear more from Dave Tippett as we move along tonight. Some other news to tell you about uh, in the Canadian Football League. Zach Kalaros has been traded from Saskatchewan to Toronto. A conditional fourth-round pick is what the Riders will get in 2020. Could be a second-rounder, depending on how much he plays for the Argos, who are having a really tough year. Uh, The Avalanche and the NHL have signed restricted free agent defenseman Samuel Girard. Seven years, 35 million bucks. He had 27 points last season. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk has been bought out. And some news from the Eskimos as we transition into that. Does not look like receiver Greg Ellenson will play Saturday in Calgary. Kevin Elliott in. Also not looking good for defensive back Josh Johnson. You can expect Nick Taylor to jump into his spot in the lineup. And as we told you last night, C.J. Gable will return at running back. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chad. You can reach out by texting 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063 as we have in studio from the Edmonton Eskimos offensive line, David Beard and Travis Bond. Great to see you guys. How are you doing? Doing well. Very good, very good. Thanks a lot for stopping by. I know, obviously, uh, you're busy because you're... uh, actively in a football season so thanks for coming thanks for coming (laughs) into uh inside sports tonight getting ready for calgary on saturday of course we have at 3 30 the countdown to kickoff uh and the game is at five uh david you and i have uh have met before Mm -hmm. and uh talked before you've been on the show before travis you uh you have not been on inside sports tonight we have a loyal 14 listeners who are going to be sending their questions for you to t- to the text line six thirty six thirty? So All be right. so be ready for that. Uh, I, I'm going to start with this question for you, Travis, because uh, you have had to be very versatile 
Oh yeah. So when oh, people yeah. ask you what position do you play, what do you tell them? I just tell them the line, cause you know going into all the type of logistics that goes into what I do, they want to understand. So I just say I play the line, no matter where at. Just one of those guys. This you're is me. you're protecting Trevor and you're opening holes for CJ. That's, That's the job, it. regardless That's it. of, of oh, yeah. where you line up. Does it change for you? Week to week, or even going from one side to the other, even if it's still guard or their technique, or oh yeah, it's a lot of muscle memory. So <clears throat> you got to just train yourself and uh, just be ready for it. You know, you can't just go into the game thinking you only play one position because you never know what can happen. A guy could go down, anything. So you just got to be ready at all times and being able to play all positions. And David, uh, center for you, were you drafted as a center? Uh, I was drafted as O-line. As an O-lineman. Yeah. So where did you play for the Bears? Uh, I was playing right tackle, actually. Right. Was, yeah, so I was right tackle in the college and then came in at general general spot. And they, I got a couple reps to tackle my first year. Um, did a lot of guard and then some center, too. So, so both you guys are uh, pretty... Well, and hey, that's that's the thing. You want to keep playing pro football. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Sometimes you got to be ready to. <laughs> you got to be versatile. Yeah. Okay, so I got to ask you this: you guys, well, sometimes you don't huddle. Huddling is not as common in, in pro football as it, it used to be. But often mm-hmm. you'll have sometimes a quick huddle. So Trevor gets the the play coming into his helmet. He tells you guys, and I got to say these mic'd up games have not helped me understand <laughs> Canadian football. Oh, man. To me, it's just even more gibberish. confusing. It's just like. Oh. Uh, Paper, button, X45, <laughs> red, go for go. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But then I notice, uh, not just on the Eskimos, a lot of teams, then the offensive lineman comes out, you know, five across, and often the center, David, will maybe do a point or might give a little tap or a symbol, a, a single, a signal to the other guys on the line. So are you then kind of making your own call just to the, and I, and I know you don't want to open up the playbook and, you know, Dave Dickinson's probably listening, but uh, (laughs) then do you have a little bit of leeway, or do you need? Are there things that need to be clarified once you get up to the ball and you you see the D line? Yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on what kind of uh, play we're running, be it run or pass, uh, we have our own kind of responsibilities that we need to clarify with each other, so we're all on the same page and. The fact of the matter is, Trevor has enough on his plate. He doesn't need to be making all of the O-line calls. So oh, yeah. we, uh, yeah, we make our calls, and um, everyone, everyone kind of already knows what's going on. But all I'm doing is making a call to make sure everyone's all on the same page, and that we're all um, trying to get the same thing accomplished. And then from there, we just go and make plays. So you gotta just kind of say, "Hey, I'm seeing this. Make sure those yeah. gaps are going to be covered, or whatever." Absolutely. All right, and I know you know the the evolution of offenses in, in football. Even over the last 25 years, it's changed oh. quite a bit more passing. And I'm mm-hmm. not, the, the running game is obviously still really important, but mm-hmm. you know, Troy Aikman was an elite quarterback in the early 90s in the NFL. He, he barely got to 3,000 yards a season. I mean, <laughs> now if you were a 3,000-yard passer, you'd be like, we got to find another guy because this guy can't. <laughs> but you know, I know with, with Peyton Manning in the NFL was kind of an assistant offensive coordinator. And I think with the Colts, he would go to the line with, I think, two runs and a pass called, and then he would, he would pick one. I know with Mike as the quarterback, he would have a lot of leeway to, to mm-hmm. change the play. Yeah. So if Trevor does that with you guys, is it that does that like really all of a sudden change things quickly, Travis? Like, and how much... I mean, all of a sudden, you're going up thinking, okay, I'm run blocking, and then you might be, oh, wait, in, in three seconds, I'm now going to be pass blocking. Well, yeah, it comes into play, like you, we said earlier, like being versatile. So if we get one call, then Trevor sees something, or even Beard might see something, and we might check it into something else. 
once we do that, you got to learn how to like adjust your feet, adjust your body posture. And that's when I go into like muscle memory. Your mind is already telling you what to do once you get that call. So once you get that call, it's just adjusting. That's it. And people always say, well, I don't understand how y'all do it. Been in that stance as long, but we train for it. Right. Like, so we're already prepared for it. You know, whatever he called, we're going to make it happen. So dare I ask, what percentage of the plays do you think Harris has changed at the line this year? Oh. Would it be a half? Or like we're way less than um, half. I don't know. I, per, I'm, I'm going to go for a guess here and just probably say it's less than half. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Less than a third? If I had to give yeah. a, a guess, it would probably be somewhere between a quarter and a third, yeah. yeah okay. it's, it's like rules, you know, like with protections. Like we got rules. If we see something, checking into something else. So it's kind of already built into our system. I see. Okay. So he's not going to audible into something that nah. you guys are like, what is he no, doing? Yeah. We, no, no. We don't we, so there's always like we're calling A. But if we see B, we know we're doing C. Exactly. So it's that it's very pre-planned. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, and I give credit to Trevor too. Like he, like Moss and um, Jordan Maximic are are giving him some reins too to be able to make calls when he when he uh, sees a weakness or an opening. So I mean, there's there's those kind of adjustments too that uh, we're not totally handcuffed when it comes to seeing um, uh, a new or unexpected um, defense, but. It's it's all kind of we're, we're prepared for pretty much everything. So, so I, I've always wondered about offensive linemen, and I will say this, guys, I have found over the years offensive linemen are often the most interesting guys to, to talk to. <laughs> I agree. Well, because you have this understanding of the game and this brotherhood that's very unique. And football is very departmentalized, right? Exactly. There's the DBs, the linebackers, and I know they sure. all work together. Yeah. But you guys, it's like almost, it's almost like like all the old linemen in the world have accepted we're never going to get the credit, but we know how damn good we are. That is true. And I, I don't really know how old linemen's like history is when it comes to football, but me, I played quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. And I, I can honestly say I had the most time playing offensive line. It's just the brotherhood and the camaraderie in the room. We always got it. We always know we're the underdogs, and we like that. I mean, I like being the underdog because I want when I hit you in the mouth, I want you to know, okay, yeah, he's for real. So that's how I look at it. It's it's fun being a big grimy guy. It's it's fun. So do you guys, uh, how often do you not actually see the end result of a play? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, often. We're, we're busy trying to get our jobs done, and the, the playmakers are doing their thing, and we're, yeah, we're not, we don't always see it for sure. But, just be like, oh, he scored, okay. <laughs> yeah, we usually find out as we're kind of celebrating, oh, yeah, what happened? Okay, no, yeah. that's good, yeah, 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 that's good. This guy was grabbing my face basket and got a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Vic writing in on the text line, he says, the foundation of the offense is the O-line. You guys have created a great foundation. Keep it up. And this texter says, hey, it's David, Vic. can you give a shout-out to Bulldogs football in Olds, Alberta? What's oh, the connection big there? time, yeah. Well, Olds was a uh, uh, hometown for me, and honestly, I, I kind of look at it as a bit of hometown still. Uh, moved from Olds to Sure Park uh, in junior high, and yeah, big shout out to Bulldogs. That was the very first um, exposure to football. I, mean, I was uh, in middle school, transitioning into um, junior high school, and um, yeah, that was where I first learned how to put pads in my pants and how to tie my cleats. So, yeah, shout out to Bulls, uh, Bulldogs football and Olds. So that's big time. All right. Well, this is great. Uh, we got you guys till 7 o'clock. So definitely time for uh, fans to uh, text questions to 630-630. We got two Eskimos offensive linemen in studio, David Beard and Travis Bond. I want to talk Battle of Alberta. 
I want to talk rivalries you've been involved in the past. I want to talk about a little bit about your journeys through football and and getting to be a pro and and, and being an old lineman. And maybe we'll just talk about uh, what you guys are like as teammates behind the scenes. Maybe there's okay. something maybe there's something funny there. All coming up inside sports on six thirty, Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, thanks all for tuning in tonight. Eskimo Stampeders. Saturday on 6.30, Chad, 3.30 countdown to kick off. The game will be at 5. Both teams are 4-2. and two. No, we do not expect Eskimos receiver Greg Ellingson to play. Kevin Elliott is going to pop in. Two members of the Eskimos offensive line in studio, and we are getting some good questions of the text line. I'll get to as many of those as we move along. These guys are here until 7, and if it's going really well, we may just go till midnight. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Travis Bond and David Beard are here. Okay, I'll start with you, Travis. Uh, what what year is this for you, Eskimos? Uh, my second year. Second year. Um, so, as a relatively new Edmontonian, what does Battle of Alberta mean to you? Oh, man. It's more like, you know, if you win, you own. You just own the whole province. So, it just comes to the thing. When I first got here last year, the... Uh, so it really hit me when Moss, we come into the locker room and Moss was like, yeah, don't wear no red this week. I was like, is it really that serious? But then as I played in the game, <laughs> I realized that it's very serious and all the history that comes with it, it means a lot to win those games. So David, you lived in Olds, yeah. a little closer to Calgary and then and then Sherwood Park. Yeah. And plus living in Alberta, you weren't just exposed to the football one, you were exposed to the hockey one too. That's so right, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, not, nothing against your experience, Travis, because I want to talk about rivalries you were involved in, but Battle of Alberta is more in your blood, I guess, David. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, even when I was in Olds, like I said, that was my first exposure to football, but that was my very preliminary exposure, and I knew nothing about football at that point. So <laughs> I, I was a hockey nut, and I, uh, I was... Um, yeah, I was an Oilers fan when I was in Olds and um, went and watched Flames games because they were closer. But, uh, yeah, part, and, and with regards to football, I didn't know anything. Couldn't give two hoots about it. So <laughs> And now you're right in the middle of it. And yeah. you play them three times in the next five weeks, which yeah. is, yeah. is, is going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Travis, North Carolina was where you went to university. Yes, sir. Uh, now, more of school more traditionally associated with basketball. Yes. Fair I think that's fair comment. Very I'm not fair. trying to put down the football team. So no, what was it like fair. what was it like being a football player there? Uh it it was kinda like being second, not gonna lie, because like you said, basketball rules in North Carolina. And with all the history that comes along with that, it's like mm, once their basketball season starts, it's kinda like the football players, yeah, you guys were good for a little bit. Okay. But, you know, we still I I feel like my four years there, we won a lot of games. And at the time, the basketball team wasn't doing too good. And at these four years spans, we had a lot of draft picks to go to the NFL, first rounders, like all through the board. And so, like, the his- the culture at Carolina started to shift a little bit. But then they won a national championship and kind of put us Done on the, the basketball team. Yeah. <laughs> but the tradition is always there, though. It's, it's a good school to go to. You know, football is always on the come up there. But it's hard to compete with Michael Jordan. Well, the history they've had yeah. there, yeah, and then you know Dean Smith, the coach for a long oh, time, yeah. and now what? Now they have Williams, right? Left, mm-hmm. left coach Kansas Williams. to go there, and, yep. and 
Uh, James Worthy played there too. He as did. A collegian, Henry didn't he? Fox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> so who was? Who was okay? Because North Carolina Duke in men's basketball would be probably one of the top five most renowned rivalries oh, yeah. in North America. For who sure. was your Who was your football rival with the Tar Heels? I would say NC State, because at the time they had uh, Russell Wilson, and they had beat us like five years straight. And it became like to me, it's more of a rival than a Duke game because okay. we always expected to beat Duke in football. Because they're they they're usually not that good. They're usually not that, but they had a stretch of like three years where they were winning like ten games, went to the ACC championship. Like they kind of changed the program around, but for the most part, it's a game that you never really take serious. In my opinion, I think it's state. Okay, so how close were those universities? Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina State. Duke is like eight miles, and state is like fifteen miles. So there's no home away games, no. really. Like it's just a mix <laughs> a drive of down the street, yeah. crazy fans and. But you run into those guys all the time at the mall, at some of the college parties. Like it was always weird because I'm like, I wonder, like, if we could have actually hung out with some of the other football players from other universities. Like, how would it be opposed to just playing against them all the time? But we was literally always in the same areas, so. Never no trouble, but it always worked out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we got a break for the six thirty news. We will uh, get to more with these two guys. Dale writing in, he says, I was devastated when Riley left for BC. My agony significantly reduced in the special uh, Eskimos team assembled this season. Our O-line is outstanding. D-line intense, a fear to cross the league. Receivers, a lot of potential. Uh, Best kicker, hands down, according to Dale. Shout out to Sean White. Right on. And uh, Trevor Harris. Dale says, Trevor Harris, right now the best quarterback on the league. Pure leadership. And his grit are top shelf. How about that? That is Dale texting it. The 6:30, We'll talk about uh, Harris at quarterback. Uh, a little more on your guys' path to be an Eskimos. All ahead. Inside Sports on 6:30. Chat. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 6:30. Chat. Enjoy hearing this. Uh, we have uh, David Beard and Travis Bond in studio from Edmonton Eskimos. Travis grew up in, uh, what was your hometown in North Carolina? Uh, Coleraine, North Carolina. He just found out that the Carolina Hurricanes beat the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup in 2006. <laughs> that's how that's how, yeah. that's, that's how big it was for him at the time. <laughs> uh, so have you learned a lot about uh, hockey, becoming an honorary Canadian the last three or four years? I have. You know, uh, the Winnipeg Jets was the first Canadian game I went to, and they scored 7-1 to one against, like, Pittsburgh that year, like, in 2017, Co- Crosby game. Yeah, okay, so you know who Crosby like 71, is. 7 to 1, yeah. So that was a big deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for checking in, guys. Uh, really good to have you on the show. You're getting ready to face the... Uh, Stampeders on Saturday. Uh, This texter, Peter from Wainwright, says, I have a question for both guys. The Eskimos look like a tight-knit group. Did you guys uh, just all kinds know about each other, or was it one of those things that clicked right off the bat? Seems like amazing chemistry, and guys have really bought into the system. Hmm. It's a great observation. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I think we're we're a pretty tight-knit group. uh, and that's not throwing shade in anyone from past years, but I think this year has been really, really good. We've we've put a little extra priority on uh, getting 
um, getting time aside for teams and or like for the team and um, doing stuff outside of football to be able to yeah spend time together and I think that's um, that's yeah, proved to be a positive thing that's helped a lot in terms of getting to know each other and uh, being a tight group so yeah, that's my take on it for sure John says can you ask these guys is there a member of the Eskimos defense that they are glad they don't have to play against uh, well, yes. all of them Amundo <laughs> Sewell for one yeah. oh, I had my good battles with him but once I came in we looked at each other we was like glad we're not going against each other on game day anymore <laughs> such a relief <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, does practicing against those guys help the offense because you, you don't go full bore obviously necessarily in practices like it's not full contact in practices or, yeah. or else Travis is kind of like well <laughs> yeah it's not 100% by, by any means but it's yeah, sure sometimes it feels like it yeah but uh, no it's it's the best thing ever in my opinion like yeah. having the, the best defensive line in the league to practice against every day and then going against teams that have may, may or may not have a good defensive line but not as good as Eskimos that's, that's a big deal yeah and then you get to learn certain stuff from these guys like we give one another pointers. Like, even on game day, I, I, I find myself talking more to the D-line at times to try to help them to defeat the O-line from the opposing team. So it's, it's just one of those things, like, we want to see both sides be successful because we all know it's one in the trenches. All right, enough of the fluff questions. I have one of my <laughs> own. The Edmonton Eskimos are ninth in the Canadian Football League in red zone touchdown conversion at 47%. Ooh. As you know, there are nine teams in the league. Yes. I'll just open up the floor. What's going on? Oh, good question. Um, well, I was actually asked that earlier today, too. And you know what? Um, it's one of those things that people ask, like, well, what changes? Like, what's what's the difference? Why, why are you guys struggling? And um, honestly, that's above our pay grade. We are, our job is to be successful at every single player. It doesn't really matter what zone of the field it is, whether it's red zone or we're backed up or middle of the field, it doesn't really matter. For us, it's just trying to do the job that we're being asked to do. And so in terms of whatever you want to call it, be it uh, scheme or decision-making or uh, mental errors, and by no means is it one area of the team where we're all kind of working together on that. But it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of something that we got to not think about and just play ball everywhere on the field. It doesn't really matter. That's my thoughts. Do you ever feel like just saying to a question like that, uh, we're four and two and we just won a game twenty six nothing? What's the problem? Oh, I was thinking that. But... <laughs> <laughs> just... Oh man, uh, you ever been part of a shutout before, either of you? Not pro. How did I can remember? It's been a while. Maybe high school. It's pretty rare in the CFL because you can just kick it through the end zone for a single point. Well, we had, <laughs> was it, really was it 2015 or 2014? That uh, 2014. Oh, 2014, okay. Yeah. They shut out the Riders. That was, right. no, that was the year before you were drafted. Yeah, I was 2015. So. You were drafted in, uh, in 2015. Yeah. Uh, well, I, mean, I know you don't want to look back too much. Let's just look back at the last couple games. Montreal, I mean, watching that game, that one just felt, Frustrating, disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> and how? Well, let's start with the heat first. No, you you probably loved it, Travis. Oh, I didn't play that game. So oh, you didn't play that. I game. was I was a little bit frustrated too. Yeah, it was it was stinking hot. It was it was really hot. Um, but I mean, it doesn't really matter what the weather is. Like we we're there to do business, and we were pretty disappointed with the way business panned out the way the way the, the way the business went that's fair that's fair yeah. and then you know i mentioned i mentioned shutting out toronto uh you guys really wanted to bounce back for that one mm-hmm. 
I mean, look, we can all read the standings. So you knew the situation that Toronto was in. Was that a thought that maybe this is a team like we can, if re, you know, really punch them in the mouth and, and, and jump all over them? Or does that not even enter your mind, Travis, that they were 0-5 coming in? Well, honestly, if, you know, watching them on film, their front seven is looks a lot like ours but they you know we looked at the film and you know saw some of the flaws not discrediting them but I felt like they had a good defensive front you know what they done on offense you know I, I can't really speak because I don't study the offense I just studied what we got to know and so looking at them defensively I thought they were pretty good and as we played the game and I don't know like it just worked out for us we were just clicking on all cylinders that day yeah and Moss brought it to our attention too um, which I think was a really good thing is they, as much as they were struggling on the scoreboard, or I should say the sta- um, standings, um, that team, their standing uh, does not reflect uh, the way that they play on the field. Exactly. They, they, like he said, they were not a 1-5 team or whatever it was at the time. Right. Um, but we need to treat them like they're 5-0, and and it's it's another um, enemy that we got to be able to keep out of the house. So... Um, it definitely we didn't take that game lightly by any means and like Travis said it's a good front seven um, from our perspective and uh, we had to we had to play to that for sure so Jared writes in he says uh, penalties are killing these guys and then the red red zone stats would be better go Eskimos that's from Jared (laughs) penalties I mean that must be another frustrating element I'm not saying it's you guys specifically committing them but there have been some costly maybe not have had a couple penalties (laughs) no do you guys Will you guys discuss that as a team or as an offense or as a as a group? Like how hard are the coaches on that? I'm I'm just wondering because I I would think you don't want it to be the only focus every week either. Oh, penalties, penalties, penalties. So how much is it discussed? What's some of the dialogue about it? Oh, it's always discussed because penalties shoot you in the foot, like they said earlier, and. We look at it as, like, it's something we can't do because even in practice we got our own thing where we, like, discipline one another, like, when we have a penalty mm-hmm. because it's just it's just one of those things, like, it costs us as a team. Not saying that the other team is doing something to hurt us, but the penalty is always something that hurt us. So we just got to keep getting better at it, and I think we'll be fine as the season go along. So it's just something we got to keep working at just because we play on edge. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see it on the film with our defense and our offense. Like, we play on edge, but we just got to control it a little bit more, and we'll be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Fewer penalties the last two couple of weeks. Yeah. So I know you guys yeah. are going to try and build sure. on that against the Stampeders. All right, uh, David Beard and Travis Bond from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us in studio. David, let's let's start this one with you. You already touched a little bit on growing up with Olds. Yep. First, first football team. Do you remember it? Well, How yeah. old were you? I, I would have been uh, grade... Seven. It was Bulldogs and Olds. Um, I showed up for spring camp, and then I moved shortly after that. But, yeah, I, I learned how to put pads in my pants and um, got out there, played a little line, kind of bounced around and um, said that I played a little football, and then I moved. And Who got you involved? Um, it was actually... Uh, um, one of, it was my grade five teachers, Mrs. Degg and Mrs. Vockeroth. They're, uh, Mrs. Degg's husband was doing a little bit of coaching, and she said, hey... I know you're going to be going to the junior-senior high next year, so why don't you get involved with the Bulldogs football team and check it out. And so I remember standing in the hall and be like, oh, okay, maybe I'll check it out. No, so. well, why would they? Were you a big kid? Were you an athletic kid? Yeah, I was kid? a big kid. Okay. Yeah, I must have been like 160 pounds in grade 7. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and was it O-line right away? 
Uh, no, I was actually playing a little D-line, um, but um, no, I was a chunky little kid, and they obviously said, hey, we need a few of those hoggies in the field, so <laughs> might as well <laughs> that's, that's, bring them out. <laughs> I'm glad you're saying that, and, uh, <laughs> and not me. Uh, and then, uh, so which, which high school were you again? Uh, high school was Bev Facey. Was, was Bev Facey, and how yeah. good was the team when you were there? Uh, yeah, we did pretty well. I uh, didn't win a provincial championship, um, but we got to the provincial finals uh, two out of the three years that I was there. Um, and uh, Don't yeah. tell me you lost to Raymond. Yeah, come on. Like <laughs> That was exactly the era we were in. Connor Ralph, Jimmy Ralph. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a blast. Storm, Bartsoff. So that was, uh, that, was, that was quite the club they had down there too. So. And what sort of U sports options did, did you have? Like, Were you leaning U of A all the way, or what were you thinking? Yeah, well, it was actually a decision between basketball and football. I, I was, like I said, it was, I was a basketball nut. I, uh, I came out of Bond high school. Bond is shocked. <laughs> what are you so shocked about? Come on, man. No, he can play. He can play. Yeah, can there play. we go. <laughs> no, I was a basketball nut, actually. I was, I was a skinny kid. I, in my grade 12 year, I was actually a receiver. Oh, another shocked look. Here we go. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, and I, I ended up making a decision between uh, basketball and football scholarships. And uh, I ended up taking football with U of A. Um, I had one other option with British Columbia, but um, it was uh, it was I'd just taken some advice from coaches. And said, "Well, you're not going to the NBA, so uh, maybe take a shot with football." So I did, and they paid off. So, <laughs> no, well, you guys do have an offensive lineman who had a look in the NBA. Matt yeah, Donald, that's right. right. So Little yeah, Celtics. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Travis Bond is here as well. Uh, as we were talking about, you know, born in North uh, North Carolina. What was? Do you remember the very very first step on your football journey? You must have oh, been a much, yeah. a much smaller human being. Oh yeah, I was about six <laughs> three, two seventy five. Never forget it. And all of my friends played football, all of them. I didn't even want to play at first, but they talked me into it. And so when I finally went, I didn't finally go, but when I went, I loved it. You didn't go till high school? No, I went in middle school. You went in middle school. Middle school. So you were six three, two seventy five in middle school. In middle school. So in Canada and in Alberta, that's like grade seven eight. Yeah, seventh grade. And so, yeah, I started out as a receiver. I thought I was big one sixty. Wow. <laughs> like, everyone would always look at me when I got off the bus and like, oh, he's soft. But until, like, the game started being played, it, it was a little different because I played defense. Okay. And I played receiver and running back, quarterback. I played everything. And got to high school, moved to the offensive line, never looked back. It was the most fun thing I ever could have did because growing up I was too physical. Okay. And I was I used to get in trouble by my mom for being too physical, hurting the other little kids. And so when I got the old line I could be myself. And it worked out. You know, got a couple of offers out of high school, literally from like everybody. And so I chose North Carolina, played four years there, led up and got drafted in twenty thirteen, played for three teams, three years. And I found myself in Winnipeg in 2016. So okay, was, so why why did you decide to take that that step? That must couldn't have been easy. No, uh, well I played arena football with LA Kiss with Gene Simmons and those guys. It, <laughs> it was fun. Played three games and uh, got a phone call. My agent was like, "Yeah, uh, Winnipeg wants you to come up." And I was like, "Winnipeg? Like who is that?" <laughs> and so I had no idea. But I had a friend from Minnesota. And she told me that her family was from Winnipeg. She said it's just like Minnesota. So when I finally go there, I went there in like April, super cold. And I'm living in LA and I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. It's too cold. I'm leaving from <laughs> California to, but then I decided to go. Was that your first time in Canada? It was, it was. What did you know about the CFL? 
Not a thing. Only thing I knew What's was that Warren Moon played. That was the only thing I ever right? played here. Yeah, yeah and uh, that was it. I didn't know nothing about the yard off the ball, how big the field was. I just got introduced the day I stepped on the field. That was it. So did you think, oh, this is nuts or this isn't for me? Did that ever enter your mind or did you kind of fall in love quick? Well, I kind of fell in love quick because being in arena football is a little different from being in like the NFL and the CFL. It's like going from D1 to a junior college. That's very tough. You know, it's, it's not a lot of money put into arena football, but I mean, I enjoyed it. But once I got to the CFL, it made me love football again. And it gave me a chance to really showcase my talents because I didn't really play a lot in the NFL. So when I came to the CFL and I started to flourish, getting more knowledge about the game of football. And so I, I loved it again. And now I'm just having fun with it, playing as much as I can. and hopefully winning all the games that we possibly can and get to this great cup this year. That's what we're talking about. Right on. Okay, we got a few more minutes with David Beard and Travis Bond from your Edmonton Eskimos. When we get back, you can text 630-630. Oh, we got a good text about trash talk coming up (laughs) when we get back to Inside Sports. That's going to be... Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. It sure is, announcer guy. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 651. You will hear some comments from Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tippett as we move along tonight. He's an ambassador for Sports Central, the Mark Spector Golf Classic today at the Quarry. Awesome to play in that. Brody Clark from your Edmonton Stingers will join me as well. They have a home game tomorrow against Fraser Valley as uh, they have won eight consecutive games. We'll also tell you what's going on with FC Edmonton and the Edmonton Prospects. Eskimos offensive linemen Travis Bond and David Beard are in studio. They will play the Stampeders in Calgary on Saturday. Game starts at 5. Our coverage will commence at 3.30. Big Jack texting in. Is there a lot of trash talking on the line? Is there any person you love to play against? Well, let's start with the two, two questions. Is, is there a lot of trash talking on the line? I don't know. We're pretty busy trying to catch our breath and uh, <laughs> play football, make our calls, but uh, you get it periodically. Um, at times, yeah. yeah. At times. There's a few guys I love to hit them chirp just to get that energy going a little bit. Uh, Johnson and Sassnow that was in Calgary oh, yeah, last yeah. year. Oh, uh, Mike Johnson. Micah Johnson, yeah. he's a very good player. Yeah, yeah, he's one of them. Yeah, he likes to talk a bit too, yeah, for sure. Like, does it make any sense, though, or do they just <laughs> natter at you? Sometimes you can't understand even what they're saying, and then other times when you can understand it, then yeah. it's you I'll either get a big chuckle out of it yeah. or it's... Well, they try to say stuff while you're lined up in your stance to throw you off or are they too busy concentrating? Too busy too, concentrating. There's too much going yeah. on. They, to worry they, about. Don't, they can't think and do too much at one time. They're defensive players. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're on that <laughs> side of the ball. They're on that <laughs> side. Okay, now we know why. Uh, is there any one person you love to play against that's also from Big Jack? Ooh, I don't know if you want to admit that. Well, yeah. <laughs> the smallest possible defensive line. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's not that fun. Yeah, like, I mean, really, like, I no. think going against the best players is fun. It's, it's right. really fun because they're going to bring that A game. You know, if you're a competitor, you love that because I want to see what you got. So when I beat you, you can say you gave your best, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it. It just depends. Some guys don't talk, but some guys I like for their game to speak other than them speaking because if you bring that A game and we have a good battle, hey, I can respect you a little more after that. Uh, Luke says, uh, enjoying your guest tonight. Uh, this would be for Bond. Was he surprised to find that 
Canadian cities are not much different than American cities. I mean, there's no polar bears up here? Or did you... (laughs) (laughs) We got bears in North Carolina. They're just mainly your black bears. I haven't seen a polar bear yet. Is some of it? You don't oh, ride one to work? Backyard, buddy. You just oh, take a look. <laughs> did you, did you, do you, now the, do you feel it's really different being in Canada? It is, you know, because uh, North Carolina, I don't know, we cook our food a lot different, and I'm a big southern boy, and I love soul food. I don't, like, the food here is different for me, so we, okay. I cook a lot. And I mean, other than that, the weather is bipolar. North Carolina got its bipolar moments, and uh, I don't know. The people are just different, you know, because when you tell them you're from the States, they got a bunch of questions for you, like, oh, why are you here? And they, they just go into a whole big spill of stuff. North Carolina, they know if you're tall and kind of big, you play sports. So <laughs> is, is They even, don't assume that about you here, uh, that you're tall and big? Sometime. Like, some people just too scared to talk to me because I look like a man all the time. I really just be laughing. So I'm really a nice guy. You can talk and ask all the questions you want. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, Peter says, do you guys have any pregame routines? If so, have they stayed the same throughout your careers, or do you have to adapt depending on the league that you've uh, you've been in? Pregame routines. We'll start with you, David. Hmm. Um, I like to get there early. Uh, I, I do not like to get be in any kind of a rush before the game, so I usually like to bring some fee- uh, food to the field, and I'll eat um, once I'm at the field and kind of get in change and that kind of stuff. And then the only other routine that I can really think of is um, – Ruby, Jacob Ruby, one of the guys, he's our left guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I We've had this routine of just throwing the ball and basically chucking it as far as we can before every single game. So we, we work our way back up towards 50 yards, and maybe we have a good time with that. But other than that, it's pretty laid back. We just kind of try and stay focused and pay attention and, yeah. So nothing, you're not smashing your head into any pop machines? No, yeah, yeah. No, we don't <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Bond? Uh, I just do a big breakfast. Big breakfast and a movie and a nap. That's pretty much my three go-to things. I don't really try to change nothing else. Anything is just whatever. Would you sooner play in the evening or in the afternoon? Uh, I like afternoon. I like early afternoons, actually. See, but that's Ooh. that's a difference, too, because most a lot of games in Canada are in the evening. Yeah. yeah. Probably more games in the States you played at afternoon, one or two in the yeah. afternoon. But, I mean, it's fine, though, because like you get plenty of time to... Eat, watch a movie, take a nap, then you can start to get into game mode. Because it's kind of like you got to prepare for that storm that's coming. So mm-hmm. that's what I like to do. Uh, this is Thomas from Nate who says he's a – oh, I think I know who this is, uh, who calls himself a former Tar Heel. Can you ask Bond, uh, does he miss Mama Dip's kitchen? Do you know oh, yes. Is? I definitely know what that is. Oh, man. I've been there – I couldn't tell you how many times I've been there, but their fried chicken. <sighs> is this on campus or? No, or it's it? it's like it's on like Franklin Street, uh, so it's it's on campus, but yeah, kind of on campus. So it's one of the hipper streets. Oh or, yeah, or, okay. oh yeah. Franklin Street is where if they win that national championship, everybody and their grandmother is there, jumping over the fires, climbing the light poles. <laughs> oh man, good food in North Carolina. Good food. All right, so you haven't got into, like, the steak culture here? I have, I have. So I really didn't eat, start eating steak until 2016. What, what do you mean you didn't start eating steak until 2016? Steak was never a part steak of Steak was diet. the first meal I had as a baby. Not me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my, like, like my Beard kids. was hunting his own cattle. Well, you don't hunt cattle, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. <laughs> Other I mean, animals. I don't know. It was just one of those things I never really got into because a lot of the old linemen would tease me. 
when I like order a steak and I get it what, uh, well done, so they'd be like, you might as well order a burger. So that's what I started doing, <laughs> ordering a burger. Can but, you get, uh, I, I know we said till 7. Can you do a few minutes after 7? Yeah, because we're having so much fun. And uh, fans can text 6.30, from your Edmonton Eskimos, David Beard, Travis Bond in studio. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.